Hey beautiful people, Sadia here and welcome to another episode of the pod. Uh, this episode features an interesting and insightful conversation I had with Dolapo last year and I just thought to do a quick disclaimer. Yes, this was recorded in 2020. So just in case you hear some 2020 references, it was because my lazy ass couldn't get myself to edit and publish this last year. But I still think it's an important conversation to have and you definitely enjoy listening to this also everything that was said in this episode is definitely our own opinions our own perspectives uh it's definitely not the rule book so please cherry pick everything you want to pick listen learn please share your thoughts with us as well and don't forget to share with your family and friends see ya beautiful people welcome on another episode of loud thoughts with sadia i do have a guest here my guest is called uh dolapo but dolapo will be introducing himself uh himself in a bit Uh, he's a fellow scientist as well and i thought to get him here to have this conversation because today we're talking about sciences basically what i call the underappreciation of science courses in nigeria and somehow maybe the future of science for us So basically, uh, if you studied chemistry like me, uh, biochemistry, um, microbiology, biology, physics, and the likes now, we know ourselves now. This conversation is for you. Please grab a seat. Just take a seat and let's chat. Let's have this heart-to-heart conversation. And, um, you know, let's see how it goes. So Dalakwa, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your background. That way it gives uh, the listeners uh, a little idea of where your thoughts and your opinions may be coming from. And welcome on the show. Thank you so thank you so much. Um, hello, beautiful people. My name is Galapo Uthman, and um, I'm a clinical lab scientist in the United States Army. Um, I actually just ventured into public health. I used to be a core science person. Um, I have my bachelor's in biochemistry, but um, and I also have a master's in healthcare management. But, I, but I'm currently doing a second master's in public health, and my concentration is in epidemiology. Uh, I'm a father. I have a beautiful six-year-old daughter, and um, that's pretty much all about me for now. Okay. All right. Thank you. And um, I did refer you as a fellow scientist earlier, but I'm not really sure how valid that is uh, with myself in context now, because I was having a chat with a fellow podcaster a couple of weeks ago. I guested on his pod and um, he did refer to me as a customer service consultant because that's what I do right now and I honestly didn't know how to feel about that because um and then I, I, I was chatting with him and I was like do you know I have my background is actually in sciences and reading my bio in your pod say customer service consultant uh-huh. I'm not sure how to feel and he was uh-huh. like and then we were bantering over he was like oh you people are the reasons why we don't have coronavirus a cure for coronavirus yet in nigeria <laughs> because all of you have moved to banking or all of you have gone in there and i was like oh god and um you know we've had this conversation before but for some reason anchor didn't make it possible for me to publish because there were so many 
glitches in there and this is us doing it again for the second time hopefully things go well this time and i was just like that conversation we've all had it before our science courses uh all of our scientists that eventually diverting into other degrees or other career path once they're mm-hmm. done and i just wanted to ask you first like everyone else or like most people did you find yourself in biochemistry or you actually chose the course um okay so my my story is a bit different in the sense that i actually wanted to be a pharmacist and um i remember i think this was back in 2003 or 2004 uh, or 2005 i think that was the first post to me right so i really pushed me trying to get into university of lagos um um pharmacy school and i was number 4 on the list out of about i think 60 of us or somebody of us wrote that exam for pharmacy school right and i was number 4 i was so confident i was going to get into pharmacy school in fact i have actually started buying like you know textbooks looking for apartment <laughs> looking for um um a place to stay in idara about that kind of stuff. like everything was ready <laughs> only for university of lagos to give me cell biology and genetics so i was so upset i was really really mad um i told my parents that you know what it's um it's pharmacy or nothing i'm not going to take cell biology and genetics so my my mom decide, decided that i was going to do like the what's it called the diploma and try again you know and see if that's going to work and the same thing happened you know politics and i still got cell biology and genetics so at that time I think um part of the reason why I had to change school because I had to go to uh, what's it called Lautech at that point you know Lautech of medical biochemistry and I saw it as a path to into, be uh, into pharmacy pharm- so yeah. I didn't really I didn't really choose biochemistry but sometimes I kind of like you know enjoy it also because mm. it was going to give me a, a a path to what I actually wanted to do so that's how I found myself doing biochemistry you know I I mean it's what it is And I think that story is a bit um similar for many of us as well. If you're if I'm not mistaken, a lot of us that were thrown into such courses were probably people that looking into getting into medicine, pharmacy and things like that and then because that's the way it was for ABU at least I know of. So the remainder of us that would know that we can't get into those courses, they chose into oh well chem chemistry blah 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 and all of that and uh it takes me to my next point where it almost feels like there's a general consensus about what your path should be if you do end up going into um one of these courses so it's almost like for you to actually excel if you study one of these pure science courses um you probably would be looking at getting the phd furthering your education and possibly going into the academia or maybe you divert to other career path but there's really never that conversation about research research and development for us in Nigeria like you get what i mean there's no other conversation happening it's almost like oh you either go ahead or you divert but research in general in Nigeria is not something that we look at with the way we should be looking at it Yeah that's that's um I think one of the one of the biggest uh, challenges is funding. We all know research and R&D and developing um generally cost money. Yeah. You know. So you 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 put it side by side, you put it just side by side with other countries that spend literally 100 times more than what and the amount of money we spend 
you know, in terms of like research. So you can't even compete. And that's why we have like a whole lot of these researchers, quote unquote researchers, the few ones that we have, you know, after they get their first and second degree, they leave because there's nothing they can do out there. There's nothing for them to do out there. Like I was having this conversation with my boss the other day and, you know, it was a similar conversation. And um, it was, was telling me something about how Africa as a whole, right? The entire continent only has about 1.1% of the world's scientific researchers. A whole continent, 1.1%. However, though, if you put that same number in like, let's say United States, compare like, you know, black, actually like real African researchers that are here, you're looking about about 40, 45%. So mm-hmm. it's it's a huge tragedy, but the major thing is is just funding. You know, we Africans, we don't. I think it's all about be, the belief system. I don't think Af- Africa is ready for science and, and development yet. You know, we're we're working towards that, but right now it's like our attention is is uh it's on the basic survival things that we need. You know, yeah, it's like you're trying to it's like, it's like you're trying to sell it's like you're trying to sell a research to a government where they are still tr- they are still struggling to find food, to put food on the table of the citizen. So it's a whole lot. It's just a whole lot. But the biggest challenge is just funding. If you look at it, actually, science and technology research is not something that you pump money into today and you reap the benefit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This is a long-term um, investment. This is a long-term thing. So really, uh, it, doesn't, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like something feasible for us right now when we've got other problems at hand. There's hunger, there's all of that. And I was just wondering if we're ever just going to get out of that situation. Like, are we? how do we even start to address the problem if we're ever going to look at putting proper structures in place? I mean, we do have research um, facilities. Sure, we do have all of our uh, research institutes but it's it's just funny the way they function i i think like there's something fundamentally wrong with our system and if we don't tackle it we're never going to move ahead so we we know we do have some research in nigeria i particularly have uh, or did my nyc with a research institute which i was really excited about because i thought it was a good start for me to jumpstart my career and for some reason we were just carrying files around in that research institute uh, no, the number one problem as you know is funding it's funding um we know how much it costs to open up um a standard research institute research so institute. so if there is no funding there is no research it's as simple as that mm. and uh and because we don't we don't value um what's it called the human intelligence enough to actually want to invest in it you understand and that is that is the saddest mm. part. I'm like, number one, this is a very this is a country that has that money. If, if Nigeria doesn't have the money, it's a different story entirely. You know, I'll be like, okay, fine, this country is this country is poor, but yeah. we have the money. But we're not just we're not just inclined ourselves to invest. You know, to have that human investment. So because the thing is, when it comes to sciences, right, it's a it's it's a marathon, right? You're you're spending yeah. so much right now, but you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the line, you're gonna reap. Yeah, that is how that's how it is but we have this nigerian mentality that anything we anything we invest in right now we want reward immediately <laughs> and this is the same yeah. mentality that our leaders have and that's that's why they're not even thinking of investing at all in in stuff like that i was um i was reading mm. a story i think was it two days ago three days ago about a, a 
particular girl that I think she she went back to Nigeria to do like maybe a research or something, and she went to the Nigerian Institute of Oceanography, right? You know, and she was like, she was excited about going because she was like, one, uh, Lagos is on the coastline, so doing research in oceanography yeah. should be perfect. You know what I mean? Then she was like, she went there, and for the three weeks that she was there, that they never even went to the to the beach or anywhere like to to conduct research, and they just they just brought out like empty trays of fish and you know it was just ridiculous so this is where this is where the problem is right aside funding right aside funding even those of us that are you know are in diaspora and uh we're willing to like you know donate quote unquote mm. our own intellect to help the structures are not even there to even help you at all exactly. so you can't even so you're just you're just like helpless where do you start from Okay, fine. There's no money, but I'm trying to like. Okay, I've had, I've had invitations right in Nigeria where they're like, okay, come um to this social and social school and have like you know a talk you know with students. I'm like, I can talk from now to tomorrow. If the structures are not there to help these students, it's just me wasting my time. It's just you people wasting your money. Period. You understand? So we we can we can talk about funding all day long. The other thing is structure. The other thing is manpower. Yeah. One thing that one thing I've also noticed about Nigeria when it comes to like science and research is that we have outdated professors. Oh. Professors that are professors that are not even willing to update. And the thing is, as you and I know, science and technology like it's 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 Evolves. ongoing. It every single time. I have this particular so and this is why one of one of the major reasons why I decided that I was like Nigeria wasn't for me. I remember this class. It was a biochemistry class. No, was it biochemistry? Maybe, maybe a chemistry class, right? And this professor, quote unquote, Lavtech, was like, "Yeah, I was talking about the the, the allotropes of carbon, and um, he mentioned, you know, the three allotropes of, of carbon." But I've always been involved in research, even at a very young age, mm. that I knew that it was another allotrope of carbon. Mm. So I was I like, "Yeah, sir, there is no longer three allotropes of carbon. No, we now have four. If you see the way this guy blasted me, <laughs> you know, like I was, I was public enemy number one the entire semester just because I was trying to correct a professor in a very polite way. So we, we're talking about funding, we're talking about you know structures, yeah. we're talking about out, an out, um, outdated professor or outdated um, teaching um, systems. So it's a whole lot of problems. Nigerians scientific research committee needs a complete overhaul. overhaul you know that's what it is right now when show what you come because you know you can pump money and pump money but mm. the social are not there if the professors are outdated it's still the same thing absolutely absolutely that nothing true like i haven't had anything true in a while because i do remember even back in school our notes if you had, um, I think we'll have, if you know someone that finished from 20 years ago or 10 years ago, <laughs> you got their notes, their notes were going to be exactly what you were the getting. Same. At the, yeah. no, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of advancements. This is science. This is research. There's a lot of advancements. Yeah. We're still using the same notes. We're still using the same every... Please, please, please. I wanted to yeah. ask you here, do you have friends that you started off together in biochemistry in Lautech or wherever um yeah in Lautech that mm-hmm. probably are still scientists do you, oh, do, that's, do you that's keep... a tough one <laughs> uh, that's a tough one because i still have um most of my friends that i because i was i was a biochemistry rep in nigeria mm-hmm. before i left for my department 
And um, before I left, I had like, you know, a Facebook page. So most of them were my friends before I left. So I was still kind of like, you know, keeping in touch, all that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's probably like maybe, maybe 5% that are kind of, kind of like, you know, still doing mm. scientific stuff or in research. Most of them are either in like banks, you know, teachers, you know, it, it's mm. just that, you know, it's just that there's no future. You know, even when you pick that course initially, they'll tell you, yeah, you, you end up being a teacher. Mm. And that's what, and that's exactly what has happened to most of my colleagues. And these yeah. guys are, at the, they're genius. They're, they're so yeah. smart. They're, you know, they're book smart, they're everything. But at the end of the day, there's just no provision for them to succeed. Yeah. That's, that's what happens when you're in a system that doesn't give room for you to thrive. I actually have, I know this professor that he has this mentality that once he, once you graduate, please try your very possible best not to go into a public system in Nigeria because it's Uh like a virus. Once you enter into the system, for some reason, you also become complacent. You also become infected with the virus because if they're carrying files all around the place you got a job, you're not going to be motivated to do your research. You're uh-huh. not going to be motivated to get better. So he tries as much as possible to let young graduates know, please, if you can, at least start off with maybe a private. Not Don't just go straight into a public system because there's no room for you to actually succeed. You also just go with the system and whatever happens, just happens. And... um. I also wanted to just uh, chip in. I know there's a lot of differences with the U.S. system and um, Niger system, so I wouldn't want us to go into that because I can't imagine how it was for you moving from Nigeria to, you know, a more functional system over there. I just wanted to hear, please, I just, just wanted, I do just want to hear some of your shocks, your learning shocks, please. When you, when you got into the system, some of those culture shocks and those learning shocks that came through with studying in uh, in, in in a more functional place. Please drop this gist, as in they're usually so generous <laughs> for me at, to hear. I think it's just the the, very, the the number one thing that you realize is the support system. Mm. You know, the the Nigerian education system in, in general, right, is um, designed for students to fail. Mm. You know, it's that's that's what it's designed for. So you have professors, you know, already telling you that oh, you cannot pass this class. You know, I see a, a lot of times every year in Nigeria that oh, this is the first person to have a first class in so, so in thirty five years, and people are like applauding it. I'm like, this is not something to be happy about. If a particular professor cannot, or if, if, a, if a particular department cannot produce one first class student in twenty years that department needs to be strapped it shows every single person has failed so one of, that's just one of the things i realized you know I, I came here i have professors telling me oh if you need anything call me if you need anything text me you know it was just and to be very honest i'm not even trying to you know um, um put anything down right now but i wasn't really like an exceptional student mm. right in nigeria i wasn't I would say, you know, average at its best. I just, I just, I just do my own thing, and that's mm-hmm. it. But you realize that with a very supportive system, even the average student would, be, would look like a genius, you know. And that's what happened to me. Like I remember my very first, um, my very first physics class here, and um, 
were they were doing like um I, I assume it was this pendulum practical, right? In like 10 minutes, I was done with my and this was like, ah, this man, why are you so why is why are you so cool? And you actually got everything right. He doesn't understand that in Nigeria we don't have all this equipment and we still have to theoretically, you know, mm. um make this up in our head with formulas, mm. you know. So in, in in one way it's a, it's a huge advantage mm. but in the other way you just realize that you struggle at first yeah by the time they push you into this old practical world mm-hmm. you're just lost you're just you're just freaking lost mm-hmm. you know so it's a whole lot of story that i just i, I really can't even remember right now <laughs> but the, the the shocks were there even to now even even to now you know you just realize that you, you're forced 20 25 years in Nigeria was just a complete and total waste of time. Mm. You know? It's crazy. It's it's sad because speaking of the whole theoretical aspect, because that's what we do best, we're more theoretical than we're practical. Mm-hmm. I do know that for me as well, it was a big, big, big shock for me having to do four years in ABU and going to England for a master's. And as a chemistry student, I used to get anxious anytime it's time for practicals because (laughs) I never for once back in ABU stood by an apparatus to do any practical by myself, Mm -hmm. except Mm -hmm. when I was doing my research. During our lab practicals would be like, what, 50 to a group? One person is carrying burette, another person is carrying what? So I just sit around and wait for results to come out and I write my own mm. report. Mm-hmm. So getting to England and having to get my... I tell you what, my story, I probably have shared this before. My first practical class, I was nervous because I had everything to myself. That alone was a shock. The fact that all my apparatus <laughs> was in front of me, that alone was a shock. Then it was time to start the experiment and I saw everyone trying to... Um, use something to suck the base and the acid and i was like what's going on i didn't even know what the orange thing was it was right in front of me <laughs> it was a pepper filler and mm-hmm. i had never used the pepper filler in my life i'd never heard of it i've never seen it and mm-hmm. i was shocked in my class were five of us that were that majored in analytical and forensic chemistry we were three nigerians out of five people so as at the first practical the other um guy he finished from one of the unis in the east and he was like sadia i beg how we go use this thing we're both going back and forth we didn't know how mm-hmm. to use a pipette filler until someone had to put us through and i could not explain my feeling it was a feeling of disappointment plus shock because if i could not believe that something as basic as a pipette filler was completely missing mm-hmm. from our study that we started titration in what secondary school yep. you mean no one thought to mention that you can there's something you can use to suck or maybe they did did i miss it in class but i don't think so <laughs> i feel like even if you had even mentioned it to me maybe i would have even researched before i went in for my practical so even google how to use it mm-hmm. but it was completely completely so shocking what so much filled with theories that till today as a chemistry student standing in the lab to do a practical is nerve-wracking for me and i shouldn't be saying that that's what i'm saying and and to be very to be very very honest it's one of the reasons why um i actually made that switch to you know to public care because i realized that i i i do pretty much you know much better in consultative um sciences and um and and that's not because i'm scared of working in labs i've Mm. i've worked in um different labs i 
I've worked at Genentech, which is like the number two biopharmaceutical company in the world. I've worked for Johnson & Johnson, which is number So I've been there, but the thing is, the one thing I've also discovered is that if you're not actually grounded from the very beginning you're gonna in struggle. this kind of space, you're going to struggle, no matter how how well educated you are. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like I've had these 20 years of, um, it's like someone, someone trying, to, trying to run a race, right? And you guys are on the same speed, you know, you guys have the same whatever, but it's starting like 40 yards, you know, um, or 40 meters ahead of you. You, no matter how fast you try, it's only going to take grace for you to catch up. So it's like, I spent the first, you know, 20 years of my life or 22 years of my life, you know, struggling, trying to catch up. And you have these other guys that, you know, they actually started learning all this stuff when they were like five. Like my daughter, my daughter is six. She can practically do a full titration experiment by herself. And she's just six. <laughs> you haven't, as in, no truer words again have been said. You just described my feelings and my thoughts exactly. Mm-hmm. But hey, I mean, all that being said, if we keep going over um, the, the, the issues that we have, we're never going to go go away from this we're never going to move forward because i feel like something is fundamentally wrong with our systems in general just yesterday i was having a conversation with my cousin uh she's all the way in um england and uh, she just got into uni uh and we were talking about how basically sometimes um oh well for me putting myself in in the picture now one of the things that i feel is wrong with our system is the fact that a lot of our parents really just are all about book read your books read your books they never mm-hmm. really look at developing or honing or honing um any other skill that a child has got so for me the only thing i was you know the only thing i was taught growing up was read your books go to school when you finish you get a degree and i really never acquired any other skill along the line like if mm-hmm. you as i am right now the only thing i know how to do is read maybe write reports edit your report so even if i want to have a side hustle my side hustle would be maybe editing people um, proofreading people's reports for them or you know writing uh literature re- reviews and things like that because i don't know anything else apart from book and when you take me out of that system and put me somewhere else you out struggle i will struggle mm-hmm. nobody mm-hmm. really said oh is she good at art oh maybe she should also develop you get and yeah. it's part of what happened even from the very beginning for me because I finished secondary school and I was just like, oh, everyone wants to be a doctor. Okay, me too, I'll be a doctor. I never sat down to have that conversation of, okay, what would you like? Because if I had that, I don't think I would have chosen medicine in the first place. I really loved psychology. I thought I would have gone for a psychology course. But there was no that proper gu- We did have guidance and counseling in my school, but I don't think they were functional. They, were, they just but, had the name. But then, okay, this is what I also think, right? I also think picking um, a major in Nigeria is all out of, is all born out of um, trying to survive. Mm. It's a survival instinct. Yeah. Of course, you 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 may you may think that oh I want I just want to be like uh, be, be a, I, I, I actually wanted to be a journalist. Mm. That was my dream, right? Because my dad was a journalist. He did mass communication in Lagos, Lagos, that kind of yeah yeah yeah. So, but when it was my turn. He had the luxury to pick whatever he wanted to, to mm. pick because it was from a different generation that you can be anything you wanted to be mm-hmm. and you still be able to survive. But when it was my turn, it was either, you know, 
it is was either medicine, pharmacy, or other kind of really? other kind of stuff. Because my parents wanted me to be able to survive. Because if doctors in Nigeria are struggling, mm. right? Why would you the bottom the bottom feeders majors in Nigeria? What would you think of them? Mm-hmm. So I would I would I would cut our parents some slack because at the end of the day we're talking about a grand. Um, a big problem right now and yeah. this is just the tip of the iceberg so we pick majors not because we cannot do every any other thing but because we're just looking to survive That's you know true. i know for a fact if i do pharmacy at least i stand you know a better chance of you know of being well to do in the society yeah. than oh, yeah. me trying to study you know sociology when there's even no space for it or zoology i think that study zoology um sociology uh, which mm. are that course again? Somebody, I'm like, yeah, if I just wasting your time, if you don't have any any avenue to leave the country, then mm. it's just it's just four years of you wasting your time and money and resources because there's nothing, there's nothing, and it's sad, and that's just a sad reality of it. Like I'm here now, with mm-hmm. change, I've, I've changed courses like twice. I was mm-hmm. a pure, I was a pure science field. Now I'm in consultative science. That's because I'm in a system that gives me that leverage and that freedom to, to be able to, to do of, whatever. There's a lot of flexibility, yes. Exactly. That, that's true. So yeah, and just, that reminds me of something that happened recently, saying about two weeks ago or so. There was a tweet I put out um, about two years ago, 2018, um, when I was job hunting, really, really job hunting, I put out a tweet along the lines of, oh, please recommend organizations that I can visit. Uh, I'm doing walk-ins to apply and drop my CVs and all of that. Um, you know, I did put out my degree. I have a degree in chemistry and a master's in analytical forensic chemistry. Please recommend places I can check. You know, I just wanted to, because, you know, I was exhausted from so many applications and I just wanted to be out there and see if there's anything else or any other places I could visit. So someone quoted that tweet just or replied to that tweet just two weeks ago. Um, this is the tweet I put out 2018 and the person was like, um, I'm also going to be studying this course soon. Can you prefer some advice? Um, how's your journey going? <laughs> I was silent. How's your journey going? My first instinct was to say, please don't do it. Yep. If you don't have a better plan. But no, I wouldn't say that to anyone. I was like, I didn't just, I didn't reply about how my journey is going because if you want how my journey is going is a long story. Mm-hmm. I just said, good luck. Um, I'm happy to help, you know, any way you can. You can reach out to me if you need any tips and everything and all of that. You know, I'm happy to help. But if we were to have a proper in-depth conversation, just like you said, why would you, um, you know, studying cell biology in a place like that where mm-hmm. you're probably just going to rot in your home mm-hmm. with your degree? Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Don't flipping do it. I did go for analytical and forensic chemistry because I was like, yes. Even when I was doing my research, I was doing the research that could help with, um, you know, analyzing about um, water system or just faster analysis systems where you can have portable devices that could just detect contaminants very quickly. And I was like, this is good. I'm I'm happy to go back home and, you know, look at developing this more and helping my country. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Which country? I go back home. I spent, I was broke. I went back to being broke, job hunting, <laughs> going into a depression while job hunting because I was like, ah. 
So, that being said, we will keep talking about all these issues if we don't move ahead. But the current situation with COVID, what difference do you think we could be making if we had a proper structure in place? You know, a proper functional structure in place. You, do you really think we'd be making a difference? I do believe, I don't want to believe um, no research is going on on COVID right now. I, I still believe some of our institutes may actually, or universities may actually be working on something. But are you talking about are you saying like um, gener- generally vaccine development right now and also on all of that with covid situation going on do you okay. think we're making any difference in the line of um uh developing a vaccine if we had a proper uh research institute or a proper structure that is functioning okay this this is what i i get asked this question a lot and that's because you know it's my field and i have some and this this is usually my response if um, we can find water in mass, right? You know, what makes you think we, we can find, you know, we can develop a vaccine like a, in like a month? Mm. So this whole COVID situation, right? It has now been entangled in so much politics, and we all know you and I know that science and politics does not mix. Mm-hmm. However, politics is needed in science because that's what brings the money, right? So, mm-hmm. I, from my own personal experience, that I, I, I've also talked to a lot, like a lot of my friends that are in biopharmaceutical steel and you know, especially in research, and they're saying, you know, it's not, it's not about the problem. The problem is not be, not being able to make a vaccine. The mm-hmm. problem is, is the fact that you have several powerhouses like the United States. You know, it's election year, and. You know, three of the top five biopharmaceutical companies in the world are based in the United States. So you have the politics already entangled in this. The president of the United States is saying something else that the vaccine will be ready in April. The CDC is saying it's not it's not going to be possible. So they've they've turned this whole thing sometimes I suppose like as easy as possible to just a whole mess. So science itself is true because science is facts. Science can do this. But when you have these other factors attached to it, like the politics, the sentiments, it's always a distraction. So I cannot fault science for not being able to like come up with a vaccine, like you know, in less than a month, you know, whatever, as the case may be. But it's just that now you have pharmaceutical companies also thinking about profiting from all of this exactly because because of because of the old because if the politics is not involved, there's no way. There is no way big biofarmers can put their nose into something as simple as this, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why, you know, um, in terms of COVID nineteen, it's 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 just too much politics going on. It's just too much politics going on. <laughs> I don't know, man, because even if we had the proper structure in place, just like you said, politics would also be something that wouldn't. I don't think it would make the situation thrive as well i don't know i don't want to become a conspiracy yeah. theorist but yeah so, <laughs> honestly, so the thing there's is, some truth in that in conspiracy theory honestly so i, I always i always chip in this right you look at the most cost effective way of of fighting a pandemic like this and i'll use i'll use nigeria as an example because nigeria has done a tremendous job a big big job in um you know in fighting this um this virus Number one, you look, like I said, you look at the, 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 the three or the top five cost-effective ways to fight all of this. Well, number one is social distancing, right? Mm. Um, 
you talk about uh, a country like Nigeria, let's even use Lagos as, as an example. No, no, that's not, that's not going to happen. There's nothing like social distancing in Lagos mm. because one, you have people living in in close contact with each other because of because of poverty, no housing, no um, what's it called? Is, is it is it the person that is that is living? Uh, what's it called? Face me, I face you. That will social distance. That to social distance. So that's the number one. Look at the number one challenge. The second thing is contact tracing. We don't even have. Yep. We don't even have a structured system to trace anybody. Like I was, I was, was, wasn't, wasn't it yesterday that the Nigerian government was talking about um, Nigerians going to the bank to consolidate all their banking, whatever. This is 2020. This is 2020. You can literally get lost in Nigeria and nobody will be able to find you because there's nothing. You have no, you, your bank is not attached to anything. Your debit card is not attached to anything. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a mess. You understand? So you look at all this. Also, the only thing we've done well, which in the public health world is a miracle, is testing. Mm. It's testing. That's the only thing. Because, um, what's it called? I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to look at But then, if you look at it the other way too, right? She been able to buy test not my new result. Like if you don't test a lot of people, you can't get result, right? <laughs> but 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 not to knock not to knock Nigeria's um, CDC down. They've just mm. done a, a, a tremendous job. No, I, and, I and and agree. and I was talking to my boss because my boss has a PhD um in public health, right? And we usually talk about this all the time. Like, and he just mentioned casually, it was like one, it has to be the immune system of mm. Africans in general. That's the only yep. way you can explain this. Because if there is no structure, no testing, no um, contact tracing, and the death and the mortality rate is low, then there's, they, you can't explain this other than the fact that this group of people have uh, a very an amazing immune system. You know, mm. So it's, it's just a whole lot. When it comes to COVID-19 and we are, we are acting as though this is going to be the last pandemic we're going to mm. see. No, no, <laughs> you know it's it, it's it's been projected that we're going to be having a pandemic every five years from now on because the the more we we, we get into living close contact with animals, the more yep. this virus is just you know just comes out. Yep. So if we if we're struggling with you know with just COVID nineteen, I don't want to use just because it's not this it's not um. Um, I, what's it called? I don't want to. I don't want to play down. It's it's. It's, um, not, it's not like the flu. <laughs> it's not the flu. Yeah, I don't not want to play just, it down. Yeah. But if we're if we're if we're struggling with a pandemic like this, <laughs> man, I, I feel bad for the for the one in the next five years when the next one comes out. Yeah, I mean, and this is why I feel like isn't it time for us to have a look at our systems and actually put in more money and actually fund our research institutes because we've learned what was seeing it play out right in front of our eyes right now and in the grand scheme of things we know uh, well these projections have been made we know that things are still going to happen in the future how about we start putting in money into this um into science into research into actually bettering our own systems our healthcare, our our like I'm literally tired of shouting okay. these things. I'm, like wh- I'm, go- I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna ask you a question right there, right? If the average, you know, rich man in Nigeria falls sick now, where do you think he's going? Oh, the <laughs> so that that is it. That's the, that's the answer. That's the answer right there. And that is why mm. that system we never see any sort of funding. Mm. 
because the people that are supposed to do it can actually afford to leave when the the the, the tide is the floor. Yeah. When so, things get bad, it can free. Exactly. They can af- they can afford to leave. You have Nigerian politicians living in Nigeria just because of ordinary headaches. So you're telling me if a if a if a huge pandemic is they're going to run away. So it's just a whole lot. It's just and I feel bad to be very honest. I feel bad because I still have um you know families back home. Family. I'm not from a of rich course. I'm not from a rich family. So I know it's still gonna it's still gonna affect affect me one way or the other. But asking for funding, even if even if they pump like again, even if you pump money into these systems, right? You still have people that will still embezzle the money. You still have people that, that won't that execute. <laughs> you you still have people that won't do this. The, that won't execute the project. So it's a fundamental problem that I, to be honest, that I don't see getting Without. checked anytime soon. That is exactly how I feel. It's always what I've maintained about typical Nigerian systems. If somebody wants to come out and fix something today, somebody in there would feel frustrate the system yep, and embezzle yep. the money. And that thing wouldn't work out. Now, what 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 we've been talking a lot about the problems. Coming down to us now, um, as scientists, have you got any tips and advice for scientists in Nigeria or people that are looking into study some of these science courses or are already in there or have just finished in there? Have you got any tips for them or advice for them? Well, um, my general advice is I'll I'll, I'll 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 talk about the general advice first, then I'll be specific. My general advice is leave, leave, <laughs> find a way, just, just yeah, leave. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, too, I'm not at all. If it's even if it's even if it's Iceland, you want to go to, just leave. Number two, the other one is um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start from with this. The other one is um. When it comes to science and research, right, the, the bar has always been raised every single now and then. Mm. I will give my, I'll give an example. The first time I was working at um, Johnson and Johnson, even as um, um, what's it called, as a lab technician, back mm. then, I had a bachelor's degree. I think I was working on my master's then. I was the least educated person in that in that lab. Mm. Imagine someone with a bachelor's degree in the United States. And already working on his master's, being the least educated because every single person on that team had a PhD. So mm-hmm. I always advise people there that when it comes to R and D, they're raising the bar so high that if you're not gunning for a PhD, you might struggle for a little bit. You mm-hmm. might struggle only if you have this backlog of experience that mm-hmm. you can use to, you know. So match to go, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a boxing ring, right? That you can use to go back and forth with, with any firm. So I, I actually, as well, if you're not interested in research at all, if it's if it's not your passion, if it's not something you want to do, and you're doing a a, a, a major like cell biology and genetics, please just just find something else to do. Mm. You know, just find something because right now it's um it's like I said, it's it's going way way up. It's mm. going way, way up. There's much more funding now globally than the, we can't use Nigeria as, as a yes for anything. <laughs> what we're talking about science and research, so I'm never going to mention Nigeria at all. But glo- but globally, but globally, it's it's getting so much funding, and the more money that people are pumping into it, into it, they are looking for the best of the best, mm. and for you to compete with the best of the best, the minimum right that people are looking for is a PhD. I can attest to that. I can. You know, so yep. so that's why I'll just advise. I have a friend who's in Houston, 
Um, I think he should be done with his PhD by next year. Very smart guy. He finished from Vista Villari. And it's the same thing. He was like, yeah, he was going to come here and just do his master's and, you know, and stop right home. there. You know, <laughs> but when when he started looking for jobs, like the nine, eight out of eight out of ten jobs in mm. his field were looking for people that has a PhD. So that mm. was why he was forced to do it. So I told him, like, if you're in Nigeria, if you, if you want to do, you know, R&D and you're not, it's not your passion, you're not shooting to go higher than mm. a master's degree, just just find something else to do. So mm. that's really bad advice, you know. But it's up to people to, to take it at that point. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do have a point. I think I also just want to add again that probably be open to a transition as well. The fact that you you got chemistry, you ended, you found yourself in chemistry, mm-hmm. doesn't mean when you finish, you have to actually go along that path because that was what I had in my mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I already have a degree. I have to make sure I go. No, please be yeah. open to a transition as well. You know, the world is a lot flexible now. You find yes. someone with psychology degree working in hr because you know they can fit in some aspect of that there's a lot mm-hmm. of flexibility and a lot of merging happening right now you find some courses that are combining about three different other courses together to make a you know speciality so right uh-huh. now uh-huh. it's about time to be open as well don't be too fixed on going along that path because ah, i already have a degree transitioning is something you should also be open to as well i mean it's life sometimes life throws things your way and you realize it was actually the best thing to happen to you mm-hmm. so you know just be open as well be open as well that's that's the only thing i'll add yeah you yeah you're welcome you're welcome and the other i also i always like to use myself as an example as an example to people like uh like i said i came here you know um, with two years uh, already in Nigeria as a biochemistry student, I did my second two years here, and I made a mistake. I did my master's in healthcare management, mm. which I called that a mistake because I could have used the opportunity to do an MBA, and mm. that would have given me a much more leverage, which means I can I can fit in Wait. in um in, in core science lab or whatever, and also in an administrative capacity in mm. any industry you know so it's like i look at all those things i'm like yeah i should have oh damn 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 i should have just done an mba and just you know give myself a much more and, and mm-hmm. that's just buttressing what you just said like you have to spread your wings the whole world is not monocular anymore like mm-hmm. everything has to be like right now like i said i mean i'm in public care right now and i'm only like a year into my program but I, but i already have like eight seven different certifications not just in that field, but you know, in so many fields also. I'm like, you know what? By the time I get out get out of the army in two years, I want to be able to just sit down and be like, okay, mm. do I still want to fit in into you know into clinical into clinical science, or I want to stick with consultative science? At that point, I've I've you know spread my tentacles enough to mm. be able to pick and choose, you know, to be able to pick and choose. And I advise every every single person like just structure your life like that. Don't be too you know focused on one thing or oh, chemistry uh, bachelor's in chemistry master's in chemistry, chemistry this one chemistry, exactly. come on you know exactly. the whole world is bigger than that exactly oh. that that makes a lot of sense thank you again for coming on thank you for doing this with me this is like our what 10th attempt <laughs> i know i know <laughs> i hope it comes out well thanks again and thank you so much for having me